Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanon, Mr. Robin Zane, episode 131. What's up, bro? How you back, son? Good to see your face, bro. It's been a minute. Yeah. We back. We back on. We off hiatus. I off hiatus, son. We always get these little breaks in there. Yeah, we off hiatus. Sometimes good it's good to have the, have those little those little breaks, though. What you been up to? Man, just you know, not much has been going on over in the house. Just kind of maintaining things. We are preparing for the July twenty third jerk fest. Um, putting the menu together. I've been treating the lawn so when people get out here, it's not a bunch of bugs and stuff like that. So I'm on I'm on lawn doctor mission uh, right now to be sure the lawn is cut, stays cut. Um, outside of that, man, I've been a couple of doctor's appointments. My doctor's appointments have been superb. My numbers have been great. My 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 high blood pressure did spike up a little bit, but so they they made a little adjustment. So. It's back where it needs to be, so I feel good about that. Would you attribute that to diet? Nah, actually, honestly, stress, bro. Oh. It's not even diet. It's stress. I've been lately. I've been internalizing things that have been pissing me the fuck off. I'm gonna just be honest. are things that I'm saying to myself: Why is that happening? Why are they doing that? Why aren't these kids listening? <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> We're, we're, as you know, we're in a time in this world where you have to be real, real critical of the things and the people that you're around. You just can't be gallivanting out in the world because anything can happen at any time. And we're just trying to instill some jewels in some of these babies that look, you, know, you can't do what you think you want to do all the time. You gotta be mindful, you know what I mean? And not to put my baby's business, but one of my daughters, I won't say her name, she went. Cause she's an adult now and she wanted to get a tattoo. Uh-oh. And it spelled the word wrong. Oh god. I'ma leave it at that. And listen, you're an adult. You can make the decision. But this is what I talk about about being aware and being being vigilant and being just cognizant of what's going on around you. You're so happy to get a tattoo that you're not paying attention to something. Oh, right. So, yo, did he? Did she at least get the tattoo for free? No, but what he's gonna do? He's gonna improve the tattoo. He's already created another design to cover up his error. He said. She told me. She said when you know when she went and showed it to him, the dude almost broke down and cried. You know why? Because that's your reputation, nigga. That's that old. We ruin it for you right now. You out here not knowing how to spell shit and yeah. tattooing. It better, but, um, yo, that better be a multi-syllable word. It better not be something like cat or bat. Nah, son, it's not like that. It's not like that. But um, I told, I said, listen, man, I come down there and break homeboy down, bro. You don't have me come on my color. But um, that's the reason why my pressure is right there. I've been, I just been internalizing stuff and getting real upset. I have to remember, I can't control everything. Exactly. Even with some of the stuff that we're talking about today, it's so horrendous to think that certain things are still carrying on. It's like, when do we get a break? Especially as black men. When do we get a break? Or black families, black women, women in general. When is there a break? But you have to tell yourself, it's probably never going to be a break. You have to take your break. Mm -hmm. Ain't no one going to give you no goddamn break. Or you gotta learn how to, you know, you gotta learn how to accept the things you don't have control over. Yo, we got a good, we got a, we got a good show though on the, you know, 
coming fresh off hiatus, so we're gonna talk about my trip through Italy. Uh, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about Kells, R. Kelly, we're gonna talk about Roe vs. Wade, and then we're yeah. gonna give a, a little bit of commentary on two viral clips that I'm sure people have seen online. Um, one clip is with a young lady that is, it looks like she's at a forum or something like that, and she's educating parents on the importance of actually listening to their children. And then we're going to talk about the viral clip that stirred up so much controversy online over the last week about the gentleman who brings McDonald's home for only his child when the mother has, I think, four children in total. She has three other children. Right, so, so we, we, we'll pick those things apart. First, let me see if I can share my screen uh show you a couple of pictures. Yeah, I took some nice joints, man, that you posted. Oh, Video, a nice Italy excursion. Yeah, hit many. Yeah, hit crazy spots too. Yeah, yeah. We was we was definitely moving around. I was moving around. Yeah. Man, you make a good you make a good point because I think what a lot of a lot of people don't realize. Can you see my screen? Yes, sir. All right. So here we go. What's that? So you right to the rides too, then. Yeah. This is this is Venice. So what I was gonna say is I think a lot of people don't realize like with these kind of trips, these kind of trips are, they're um, adventure laden, right? So it's different than a leisure trip. Like right. these, these trips, when you're doing these kind of trips, these kind of trips take great endurance. Right. And it kind of makes me think about like what an entertainer must be going through because going you know, you're up early every morning and you're on the bus by 7.30, 8 o'clock. You know, you're driving for miles and miles, you're on boats, you're on planes, horseback, whatever it is, you're just doing so much, so much moving around. So if you're a person who appreciates leisure, like downtime and drinks and sitting by the beach and the pool and stuff like that, like these are the kind of trips, like a trip like this may not be for you. You know, like as I've gotten older, I think I've grown more appreciation for these type of trips. Like I'm not a lazy vacationer. It's for me, like I can only lay by a pool or be on the beach. For so long. Yeah, but for so long before I'm like, okay, what's next? What are we doing now? Like we need an excursion or something like that. But if you look on the screen, you see Venice, like yo, Venice to me kind of reminds me of, imagine going to Las Vegas, but the strip is a waterway. Like we flew into, we flew into Venice. Right. And then we had to take a water taxi actually to our hotel wow it is so that strip on both sides it's like hotels restaurants and things like that and you just see like boats going back and forth and the gondolas going back and forth all day transporting so was, that the main, was that the main uh use of transportation was the gondola yeah yeah prim- primary yo primarily primarily it's water taxi primarily it's water taxi um there's I forgot how many, I think they said there's over a hundred bridges, like small bridges that you could you gotta cross if you wanna walk around. Another thing that I noticed about Venice, like a lot of a lot of going down streets in Venice is like going down back streets, like back <laughs> back back blocks and back blocks. Like there's no there there literally is that there's whole no central area. There's no concourse. Concourse. There's no Boston Road. There's no 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 none of that. Like yo, that whole central area is all a whole waterway. So when you see packages coming in, like I've seen people with the packages from FedEx and stuff like that on boats sailing to actually go through to different you know like to different places to deliver. You also gotta be like a, a person who who enjoys and appreciates a lot of pizza. Like yo, I probably 
fill my pizza quota for the rest of the year. Like, I like pizza, but I ate so much pizza. <laughs> Yo, pizza and it, wine and limoncello. Is it a different uh, taste than how, how it is here in America? It is. You know why? You know why it is? Because it's, it's, it's fresh. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fresh. So they make it and make it there for you. And when you sit down, you get your, you know, you get your own personal pie. Um, so the first day, I think the first day we were there, we had pizza. I forget what we had, what we had at night. But um, the mistake I made is that I had took a lot of U.S. dollars instead of converting my money over to euros. And you know, I'm thinking like, ah, oh, you know, I convert the euros later or whatever it is. But the exchange rate was so different, you know, because the current circumstances of the U.S. dollar. So I think one day I had went, actually it wasn't Venice. I think the last day we were in Venice, I had went and I um, turned over $300. I think I exchanged 300 and ended up getting like 215 euros or some, it was something along those lines. Um, We went, when we were in Venice, we went to a place called the Morano Glass Company. And they did like glass blowing where they made like um, vases, they made like glass animals, mirrors or whatever it is. But yo, Rob, this this is not glass. This is glass, glass. Like three thousand dollars for a vase, and you know, like mirrors and stuff like that. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I can um, imagine, man, the craftsmanship that it takes. Cause you gotta put, you gotta put that whatever that is, that glass, over that that hot fire, and then you twirl it and you shape it and. Son, that's craftsmanship, man. Men out there burning their hands trying to. Yeah, for sure. They did a live demonstration for us, also. The dude did a live demonstration for us, and he showed us how it's made. This right here is um Saint Mark Square in Venice. So in this square right here, they got they have this huge basilica. Like there's so much architecture, like in terms of architecture out there and churches and things like that. Like you see tons of them. That you'll just marvel at and be like, man, like yo, look at the just the, the, the craftsmanship. So in St. Mark's Square, that's sort of like that. That would be equivalent to almost like um like like almost like a Rockefeller Plaza for um for us. Right. You know, right, in right. St. Mark's Square they had like in addition to the basilica, they had the places where you could do foreign exchange, you could do um they had shopping, of course they had like everywhere you went, Rolex, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. Right. All of those different things um, okay. out there. So that would say more sweat. And yeah, the weather is extremely high. It's like the sun is literally on you, bro. No, no <laughs> clouds. Don't even look like there was no clouds out there. No, the sun was brutal. Brutal. So then we left. When we left, we stayed, I think, in Venice for two, was it two days or three days. We left there. We went to Tuscany. And we went to uh, um, like a vineyard. The vineyard okay. and they also had like um lemon trees and stuff like that. Yo, I never realized how big lemons were in Italy. Like that must be like one of their chief exports. Ain't nothing um, like it over here. So not them little ass lemons we get. Nah, yo, I got I, I think I may still have it in the house. I'll show you when you come over the size of lemon that um that they gave us. But we went here and we ended up having we taste we did like wine tasting and we had a lunch. The lunch was very mid at best. Um, what, you know, I'm gonna tell you one of the things that, that disappointed me throughout the whole trip. There were very few places that I had a good piece of bread. And I'm a bread dude. I like bread. I expected right. I expected more from from them in terms of bread. Like all the bread, a lot of the bread tasted like stale, old, and 
funky sitting around somewhere right yeah yeah so you know so they had at this particular place i was gonna order like some some wine from them um because the wine the wine was okay it was okay it wasn't great but then when i went to go purchase that wine it was something like to ship two hundred dollars or something it was the price was was astronomical i was like i'm not gonna pay two hundred dollars to ship the wine i'm certain we're gonna go to all the vineyards and you know we're gonna be out here but the, the, the thing that stands out to me most about this place is that there was a um there was a dog like one of them saint bernard dogs there yo this dog was like probably the size of a human running around just, yeah like just running around chilling and, and and being like mad docile like as the lady was doing the tour and showing us everything, the dog was like right by her, by her side, like a, as a damn assistant. Right. Wow. So it was a it was a it was a good experience. I think we ended up buying from there some like some some hand products. They had like lemon cream or something yeah. like that. Right. Um. How was that? This was, you know, this what this one I have to say. A lot of the stuff, these things that you know that you see in textbooks. Growing up, you know, I think <laughs> it's you know we, we we you see these things in textbooks and you envision them being so grand and and and, and you know like wonderful and, and a marvel and all that. And not to say that it wasn't because it, it definitely was. But I look at this stuff and I say like the history that people tell us about these things like is it actually the accurate? history like you know like all of these things have stories and everything but i'm like yo is there some sort of spin on this is is this just you know just poor architecture somebody just screwed up and left it (laughs) (laughs) but this is like yo this right here is actually um like almost like i wouldn't i don't want to say out in the middle of nowhere but there's nothing really else around it and it's certainly a tourist trap when you come in there's a bunch of people trying to sell you a whole bunch of snacks and junk and all kind of stuff as you walk in and then when you you know you come in you see it can you you go inside (laughs) no i didn't you know you you can though you can but i didn't it's it's you know there's so many people out there everybody's out there taking their novelty pictures or kicking you know trying to kick and hold up with their feet or put it up with their feet and everything and you know it's certainly marvel at what's the story of hawaiian lee um, no, I think they. I think they said that. I think they did say something like that. There was a. Um, there was the the dudes who commissioned to um to make it. That they didn't they didn't set it properly, and that's why I leaned. But it was a far more extravagant story right. than what I just said. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, this 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 right here. That this yeah, they they ain't paid the contract for all his money. He said, oh. <laughs> yo, I was like, I'm like, yo, this this right here is for for architecture and then you know i think i guess the other thing is that when you see these things in textbooks and you see them online and stuff like that you know for, for me anyway i create this 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 um this illusion almost of like all right okay so you know when i get there you know it's gonna be in this this huge field and it's yeah, gonna be yeah. you know but then when you get there and you see uh there was like a, a dude in an icy truck selling ices and right across from it <laughs> or whatever, or you see it's a, a tourist, it's a tourist attraction. And yeah, a homeless you, man laying outside of it. It's like yeah, oh, okay. to magnify it to make you make it bigger than life than what it really is. Man. Yeah, it's definitely something though that was great to 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 see. Like, was I wild by it? 
No, but it was great. It was definitely great to see. And then this right here, this is in Florence. This is in Florence. Now, Florence to me is actually is actually one of my favorite places. Like, if you look back here, you can see the Basilica right here. Um, Florence is a lot of foot tours. And if you look on the ground, you see this cobblestone. Yo, I swear, this shit is everywhere. Everywhere in Italy, yo. <laughs> yo, it tells you, yo, pe every day people was doing thousands and thousands and thousands of steps, you know, going on these tours. Um, but Florence to me is like one of the better places. Like Florence, you know, Tanya likes to shop, so we, you know, we went and did some, some shopping in Florence. We went to um, the home of Ma Machiavelli, which was yeah. really cool. Yeah, we had a dinner there. The dinner was actually good. And then there I was able to get some really good wine. So I bought a case of wine and had the wine shipped home um, for me also. And I just, that was Florence is like one of my, probably like one of my my, my favorite places. There's, um, Florence kind of reminds me of like going all the way down in the city, but going all the way down to like where the World Trade Center was and everything. And, yeah. You know. South Street, all them areas down there. Yeah, it's a, it's a different, I think I can imagine it being a different view. Yeah, Florence is Florence is cool. You see what we have here. You you get you did go to the Vatican too, right? Yeah, yeah. This is Florence also. Okay. Florence. So in Florence is you know you see again like all the architecture and statues and the Romans like a lot of the Roman history boy like the you know, the Roman people was about it. They it was, was about, about it, son. We still living in Roman times to this day. <laughs> yo, <laughs> we yo we we definitely are. They, they uh they very very that's, that's patriarchal that's the patriarchal anglo-saxon male at his best right there man they barbaric Sorry. is barbaric let me see what are, okay what do we have here what do we have here this is um like part of like the shopping district that's nice you see the prada store fendi right. um you know it's, it's, you know, it's always amazing to me, Rob, like seeing, like seeing a lot of this stuff is because when you go to see a lot of these like monuments and historical places, for me, it's always like an eye opener and a shocking, uh, like a, a step back kind of thing, because it's like, yo, you walking down the street and you turn the corner, you're like, yo, that's the Coliseum right there. You know, it's like, it's, it's different, like in my mind, I remember going, going to Egypt and just riding down the street and just turning and looking at the bus and, and the dude was like, oh, if you look over there, you see the Pyramid of Giza. You know, I'm like, you fan oh, out. You're like, oh shit, the Pyramid, the Pyramid of Giza. Big too. That fine, a vineyard. Yeah. And this is at uh, Machiavelli's home. Word. Yeah. Yo, the sunsets there are amazing, man. You got that open sky. Like I said, I ain't seen a cloud every picture you took. Ain't a damn cloud out there. <laughs> sunset. All right, next picture. Take out this. Look at this sunset. Wow. Look at that. <coughs> That's the basilica in the, right in the middle? Yep. Wow. Yeah. And this is Florence. This is Florence. Yeah. Florence. <coughs> six hour time difference too so you know imagine that like we you know we out and about and let's say let's say we getting up at six o'clock to get ready to go out to go do whatever it is we still on the time where it's 12 a.m 
You know, so right. not only your sleep, not only your sleep pattern messed up, but also your eating pattern. Because now you eating time that you used we wouldn't be eating. You know, exactly. I thought that I would gain a lot of weight. I actually didn't gain much weight. Give me one second. I'm gonna grab a water real quick. Yeah. Yeah, so then we stopped in, um, we stopped to see the St. Francis Basilica also, and Assisi, you know, on our way to going to, um, to Rome. And there wasn't really much there, honestly, other than the St. Francis Basilica, you know, but to me, like, the high, the highlight is probably Rome, like, what's this, that? This is Rome right here, look how many people, people oh, Rome are out of Rome. Yeah, Rome, Rome is Rome is Forty Second Street. That's the hot spot. Yeah, Rome is like, you know, Rome is where it's at. The Vatican. Right. Um, we went, we we went at the Vatican. We went to see the Sistine Chapel. Um, by Michelangelo. We seen the Colosseum. Um, we had like some good dinners when we was in Rome. Also, um, Rome is heavily populated. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. I mean, you can tell. You yeah, the last the last night in Rome, we had a we had a dinner and a woman was singing like opera while while we was eating. It was it was actually really really nice. Let me see, I got a couple. I got, of I, got some, I got some cultures, man. I got some different uh So this is, what I'm, this is what I'm saying, like when you see like these these different things or whatever. Right. So you you imagine you see this statue and then right across from it is a. Uh, 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 another thing that's uh, how you call it popular out there is gelato. Gelato. Yeah. Where you go? Gelato, gelato, gelato. So it's a whole bunch of gelato stands. That's like the front of the Bellagio right there. Son. Yeah. It, this this right here is the inspiration for the front of the Bellagio. Yeah. So, yo, you know, the funny thing is our tour guide was saying out there, and I, and I had already knew because somebody else had previously told me. He was like, you know, make sure that you have whatever personal belongings that you have that you really value, like your wallet, your cards, or he was like, make sure you put them somewhere secure. Cause he was like, somebody could pick your pocket so good it'll feel like you're getting a massage. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, how you doing, sir? And all in your pocket, sir. Yeah. There's, there's crooks everywhere, man. Yo, so look at this. This was one of those experiences I just described that we just happened to be walking down the street and we turned a corner and looked to the left and I was like, oh, the vat is the Vatican. So, and then right here is where the Pope comes out and you know right. gives yeah, the speeches. We went to the we went to we got out there early. We need something like we got out there early to go to the Vatican and to go to the um the museum. And I was wondering myself, I'm like, damn, why the hell are we out out here so early? Um, but our tour guide told us he was like, you know, people start lining up really early and the line gets really really long. So we were probably out there maybe about like eight something. And by the time we actually went through everything and saw everything, I want to say when we came out, it may have been close hey, to the Vatican. The Vatican got their own police. Yeah, it's, the Vatican technically is not Rome or Italy. It's oh. considered their own, yeah, their, their own thing. So they they tell you to bring your passport also. Huh? They, tell bring, yeah, they tell you to bring your passport. But when we came out, yo, the line was crazy. Like crazy. I was like, damn, like a lot of people. 
That place got a lot of history. A lot of dark history, too. Yeah. That's Check inside the Vatican? Yeah. Wow. How majestic that place is, bro. Yeah. So if you look at look at the finish, the finishings. Yeah. All this, like, all this up here is gold. It's amazing. Yeah. You look at all Look at this stuff. And then all this stuff is, like, people's life work. Like, we look at it now, like, Michelangelo. Like, he get all these all these props for all his creativity and all his artwork, but they said that he was getting paid peanuts, commissioned peanuts to do to put all this stuff together. And that also that this really wasn't his passion. This is the, the furthest they allow you to take pictures when you go in to see the, the Sistine Chapel. You're not allowed to take photos when you go in there. Yo, I'm gonna tell you, Rob, like they, the buildup to actually get into it, it's an extremely long walk going through like all the museums and all that and seeing everything. Once you get in there, and then the other thing is that it's so crowded, you moving at a you moving at a snail's pace. Right, you know, taking so, your time. Yeah, but um, imagine There's a lot of elderly out there on, on tour. It it was there was a lot of elderly, and I have and you know I have to say, I have um my mom took this trip. My mom went to Italy in her sixties, and afterwards I was saying to myself, I was like, damn, like yo, this trip was physically grueling for her to be able to do this. Uh, her 60s and go and see all this stuff and do all this walking like yeah, I had to tip my cap to her because you know every night I was complaining about the walking but the same way you see all these people in here like on top of each other imagine walking like that for an hour just like literally tip, tippy toeing for an hour talk about the worst school trip in the world yeah just but just going out and experiencing something that you don't get to experience every day. What's that? Oh, that's the Coliseum. Yep. The Coliseum. Yo, you know what I? You know what I? I I'm gonna tell you, man. This is why. This is why I'm saying. I, I I look at some of the stuff and I think about like the stories that's <clears throat> attached to it. It's the inside of the Coliseum and associated with it. You know what I say to myself? Yo, a thousand years from now. What's gonna be our story? Like when people, when people dig up, you know, all of our stuff. Are people gonna say, "Oh, hey, this is this." They call this Madison Square Garden, and you know, this is where you know great warriors came to fight, or this is where they had these big festivals, or this that's that. A, that's or, a good. That's a good point. What 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 will they say about our marbles and our landmarks and mm-hmm. things that we that we revere revere over? Uh, that's a good point, man, because yeah. the stuff that we have, we have stadiums. I mean, we have, I think America is known for its parks, mm-hmm. like Yellowstone, Yosemite, and them type of things, man. I mean, um, but then, you know, the architecture that was going on and the Renaissance that was happening at that time were of different, it's a different time, man. People were, people were actually masons. You know what I mean? The masonry work, the the, the, the brickwork, and the things that they put together. Like, it took people to do that. They, they didn't use no forklifts. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah, yeah. They that's used the equipment that we have today that's building skyscrapers. And look how majestic these places are. I'm still marveled at the Vatican because I can't even imagine. So, so, think about, so think about it this way, Rob. So thousand years from now when people come along what is what is what are they going to speculate on how we put this stuff together they gonna you know our technology now is going to be prehistoric to them they're gonna be like yeah they use these things called cranes 
it would take the months and months to build these things. Or, you know, like in my mind, in my twisted mind, I'm like, you know, like let's say there was something where a flood happened or whatever, you know, or, or some some sort of natural disaster, and they they high call it, they dug up the Statue of Liberty. You know, what story are they gonna associate with the Statue right, of Liberty? Right, right, right. They gonna bring the whole France thing in. You know, so I, I I think about this when I see these things and I listen to tour guys tell me their story, the story that's been told to them or their interpretation of what it was. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, what if it wasn't that? Like, you know, but this right here, the Coliseum, if you look at it, like, yo, this really laid the blueprint for all the arenas and stadiums that we go to now to see. I was just saying to myself, that's, that is the blueprint. Mm-hmm. To have it have it circular or, or in, a, in, a, in, a, in a circular forum, where people can oversee what's happening down at the bottom. Ain't that what they was feeding niggas to the lions? Yeah, yeah. They they said that eighty thousand people. So the interesting thing to me about this, they said that eighty thousand people could fit in it, and at the top it had standing room only. And they said that they um they speculate that at one point it had like a retractable roof like some kind of cloth or something like that that they would use and then the other thing is they said that it was free that is that it was that it was free and what they would do is they would have like different like during the days like maybe around lunchtime they would have a show they would have they would also use it to do stuff like public executions they would have animals fight you know, it was, it's just so many different things that they had going on in here. Another thing I noticed about their architecture also, there's a huge, huge, huge Egyptian influence in yes. terms of architecture also. There are a lot of obelisks, like like the um, Washington Monument in Rome. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a bunch of obelisks in front of the Vatican, I believe. Yeah, they, 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 they snatched a couple of things. And this, this, this is where the wealthy people go to vacation Amalfi Coast okay so we went to we went to Amalfi Coast um you see I used to see the water's beautiful you know the, the water's beautiful the beach I guess it depends on what you like in the beach like the beach wasn't for me the beach was like a lot of pebbles and stuff right. like that um but the highlight I guess is you know just like the exclusivity um of it you know I actually like the the next place afterwards a lot better this right here is a sky view so they have we went to capri and we went to anna capri anna capri is like the upper capri and you mm-hmm. have to drive all the way all the way up the mountain so how were y'all getting around outside of being in venice where you was using the gondola how were you getting boats? around here? we used uh boats vans we did a subway i think we did one subway uh, Van subway and bus and of course okay. of course playing but if you look if you look at this oh, and y'all, you're in new york is y'all used to that <laughs> yeah 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 if you i should and i should probably put another picture up but you could if from from anna capri you could actually get a perfect view of mount vesuvius also nice. but if you look at look at look at that look at the ocean look at that if people out there with their yachts and right. That's yeah. the, is that the Atlantic? Because the Medi- they write in the Mediterranean. Mediterranean, right? yeah. Right. Oh, uh, let's see. Let's see what else we got here. So yeah, it's. Yeah, let me see. Okay. And it's just a water view of 
so you can see like this is this is Capri. Look at that water. It's hot. Out out in the deep is still clear blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How did our waters get all contaminated and brown? Yo, you know they 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 talked about um they talked about like during the pandemic how Venice the canal was actually you know like clear because they didn't have so much you know so many boats out there and the pollution and another thing they were saying about Venice too is that a lot of those cruises before used to try to come as close as possible to Venice but the water is not the water is really not that deep so they said that they stopped cruise liners from coming all the way in because uh, of the scrape in the bottom of right. I guess like the, the ocean shallow, floor the, yeah water. yeah so they um they trying to build like I guess like a new port so cruise ships could come in and then you know when they get off people have to get on the gondolas to get around and everything you know overall like I said it was a great experience I would recommend folks to um they have the opportunity to go to experience and then in the last day we was coming back we stayed in Germany uh, we actually got stuck in Germany um, yeah, we we, huh. we missed um we missed our connecting flight. We flew into Venice, but when we left, we flew out of Naples. So we yeah, so we missed our connecting flight, and we ended up having to um have to stay, yo. So like, German people could be rude, man, very rude. <laughs> you got brown skin, bro. <laughs> yo, yo, they was yeah, I, yo, I wish I could say it was that, but yo, they was rude to everybody. Everybody, yeah, pretty tough. Yeah, so I got a couple of other trips um, coming up. Let me tell you something, man. Y'all inspired Janelle because she was like, let's go to Italy. I looked at her like, you don't even want to fly to Florida. Like, you want to go to Italy. But she, 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 had a, um, she had an opportunity to go to was it Spain. I think it was Spain with, with Deja and her sister. So she's flown. She just don't like to do it. I love so, the travel. You know so what, what is it? What is it about Italy that appeals to her? Probably the pictures that I don't know if LT was putting on pictures or whatever. But <laughs> she mentioned Italy. I'm like, what? You really do that? She's like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, this is something different. I ain't never hear you talk about. Yo, it. take a take her up on it. Why is she excited to go? I think I ain't. I'm gonna I'm I'm call <laughs> her bluff. I'm gonna call her damn bluff. You want to travel? Let's go. Yeah, it just. It just sounds like I would say, like, think about what it is you what it is you would want to see or whatever. Because we were there for eleven days, and like I said, in eleven days, we went through and we had an opportunity to see a lot of stuff. And I was talking to a woman at the airport, and she was saying she was like, you know, would you ever come back again? And I was like, yeah, yeah, probably so. And she was like, maybe if you come back, you could pick like your favorite place and spend more time there. Cause you know, you get to see, we, we're doing touristy things. So we're seeing all the tourist stuff, you eating at restaurants or this, that or whatever. But I think if you go somewhere, like let's say if you, you guys said you, you, you want to go to the Vatican, you want to see Rome home or whatever it is and went and stayed there for five days, you'll really get the true Rome experience. You stay still for five, like the longest we were someplace was maybe like three days, you know, and then you, you moving around. The smaller yeah, places you may hit up like half a day. Yeah. So we got a couple we got a couple of other um things coming up. Like I think next week, which I've been 50 million times, but we going we going for a quick getaway to um to Mexico. Um and then we going later on in the year, we going to Maldives, which Maldives is Maldives is nice, Yeah, we going to Maldives. 
Yep. And then we go into um, Hawaii also. So, and then next year, we're we looking at... Yeah, yeah. Ain't no... Yo, the world is opening back up. We, you know... You're doing the explorer shit out there, bro. Yeah, yeah. Next year, you know, if it ain't Italy, next year, I think we're supposed to be going to Dubai, Greece. Um, Dubai, Greece, I think Morocco, and I forget what the other places, but, yeah, we're trying to get out. You know what? I'm about to send a message to LT or LT, get your girl. <laughs> get them, get, yo, get them passports on deck. Yes, yeah, so get that battery in our back real quick. For sure. Yo, so the verdict, the verdict is finally in. The verdict has come down. All Kelly crazy ass, crazy, pervert ass, sentenced <laughs> to 30, yo, 30 years. Yo, I heard somebody, somebody was saying they don't believe it's fair that just Lane Maxwell only got 20 and he got 30 years. I don't, you know, the way I sort of rationalize it is like just, just Lane Maxwell, she was doing the staring, you know, and she was- Yeah, for, for a crooked shit. Yeah, but he was the actual- <laughs> This dude, Mr. Pied Piper, who was he? Who was he, like 30 years old, married Aaliyah? Let's start there. Like, he is the epitome of falling from grace. Yo, do you think, you think the 30 years was justifiable? Was the time just right? Was it not enough or was it too much? Listen, bro, if they would have brought in his albums, you ever listen to the Untitled album? I said, that's that's the case right there. He done convicted himself like he did drill rap. Like, he, like he just told on himself in the whole album. And I'm listening, Janelle's listening to it, and I'm listening to it like, why are you still listening to it? This sounds like the case. Like everything, everything that they've got this man on is in these songs. <laughs> and you know, listen, man, the federal prosecutors wanted 25 years. The judge gave him 30. It didn't help. It was a female judge, probably sitting there like, "Oh yeah, that's what you keep doing to women," and gave him five more. Listen, man, you know, those that were there it was I think it was over 45 different victims. But a lot of them that were there to give their testimony are highly feel about the verdict and all that. And one of the uh, victims' father spoke and mentioned that you know he, he forgave Arkell. Like we're not even in a position to sit here and hold grudges, bro. Like, and why should you? Because I mean, this man is this man has lost all of his you know all the things that he's worked for. This man has written songs with Celine Dion, Michael Jackson, Mariah Carey. Like, that's what I mean by fall from grace. He's pretty much had any and everything yeah. in his whole career. And throw it away because you, 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 you just couldn't control your lustful desires for young women. Like, come on, bro. Like, that can't be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know once you get money, you get power. But power can really pervert how you think. You're intoxicated. Yes, and you think you can do anything that you want to do, and this is a prime example that you can't. No matter how much money, even homeboy who we just mentioned, is that he ended, yeah, he ended up killing his damn self, or supposedly. But when you got money, you know, money gives you this assumed power that you feel like you can do anything. But in this case, it didn't work out for him, and I understand the defense was going for ten years, and of course he got thirty. But he might be retried for a child pornography case in federal court. Yeah, yeah. Chicago, which the state of Illinois um, acquitted him by. So he might be dealing with double jeopardy too. 
Yeah, I see, man. When you got a case like this, especially in the climate, you know, with what's been going on, man, listen, bro. 25 years, I mean, he's already 50 years old, so he ain't getting out for top two. Yeah. Plans on appealing. That's what I was gonna say. I think a standard, a standard lawyer move is to appeal. Is to appeal. I can't, I can't say that I feel sorry for R. Kelly though. Like you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have no. I have. There's not an opinion about a feeling or perception. Look, this is what you did, bro. And the fact that he didn't even have no remorse to say I was sorry. So you kind of conceded to the fact that that has something to do with some of this stuff. But listen. Yo, the pet you know why the parents the, you know why the parents forgive them? Because the, a lot of the parents were complicit. A lot of the parents were complicit and they you know, you, you actually knew this man's reputation and right. still was allowing your kid to go work with him because of his genius as a musician. So right. I, don't, I don't you know, I don't whether they whether they forgive him or not to me, I think is irrelevant. Like for him to get thirty years is I think it's well deserved. Like you know, you earned that. Yo, my my wife was saying to me, she was like, you know, you gotta watch Surviving R. Kelly. You know, her and my daughter watched it. And I was like, I don't. I said I don't. I don't need to watch it because I remember when the sex tape came out. That told me all I needed to know. I was like, I I seen enough. I know what this dude is about. Um, and. I would hate. I, I would like, hate to tell you to go listen to that untitled album. Nah, I don't. You know, honestly, I haven't listened. To, I haven't listened to R. Kelly's music in so long. Like, I just think subconsciously, I'm like, nah, I'm just, you know. And it's you know, it's unfortunate because it's unfortunate because I guess we should be able to separate his art from who he was or who he is as but as his a art. That's what I'm saying. In the uh, in this album, his art is depicting. Everything he's done, I'm a yo. I don't even want to repeat the shit I heard in that damn house. Yo, somebody once told me I feel like a damn crook. Somebody, yo, somebody told once told me what's the joint he had, the ignition joint that he was talking about. Um, little kids when he's talking about give me that tutu. Yeah, come on, whenever I go, I know the melody, but. This thing, bro. Yo, so so my my thing I think that I believe they put him on suicide watch. My thing for R. Kelly is that I just think now if they if they gonna take him into federal court and they want to add some additional charges on it, what they gonna do? Run him concurrently? Like you know, like I don't even know if R. Kelly at this point financially could probably continue to fight these 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 charges. Like yo, these cases will wipe wipe him out, and I'm sure. He ain't messing with a public defender, but soon he will have a public defender at this point. He tried. He tried to change uh, legal teams at the last minute. He went. He fired his original legal team to pick. You know why he probably fired them? He probably fired them because they probably said, "Yo, you want me to step to the DA and see if we can get a plea, see if we can take a a plea or something like that." He He tried Cosby's legal team. He tried another legal team, and none of it worked. It was like. He was trying to just kind of shit. Well, Cosby them. wasn't caught on tape doing his shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But I think he was trying, he was trying to stretch it so I guess he could be, I don't know, man. But it did, none, none of it works, yo, as you can R- see. Yo, R. Kelly got more accusers, more accusers than Deshaun Watson. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yo, yo. Had, had the sports crew talk about that? I'm sure they did. Probably so. I just, yo, I just think, like, again, like, you know, like, for me, it's like, I'm just, in terms of R. Kelly, 
I, the 30 years is warranted. And, you know, when people are like, yo, how come to Lane Maxwell and she didn't, she didn't get 30 also, you know, I'm like, well, one, you know, part because R. Kelly is a black man. But then the other thing is I'm like, he's the person who actually was committing these heinous acts, you know, with, with, with these young ladies. So, you know, like, I don't feel sorry for him. I probably will never, you know, listen to his music again. Um, I, I find it strange how people could still defend him, but I'm sure there's people that still defend OJ. You know, so yeah. And what what is it that you're defending in either one? Were they good guys? Were they upstanding citizens? What are you defending? You know, did they did they, they invest in something? Did they have a philanthropy part of their life? Well, you know what they, they you know what the defense is them them. 70 women that R. Kelly groomed and made sex tapes with them, them, them 70 little girls, you know, all of them is lying. It's this is this conspiracy where all these people got together. Well, to it was total 40, 45 victims, bro. Yeah. 45 victims came and said they peed. So somebody ain't lying. Well, in the spirit of um, in the spirit of, of legal, you know, legislation. Roe v. Wade overturned by the Supreme Court. Yo, before you say anything about this, Rob, <laughs> this right here, yo, you know what this this right here makes me think of? This right here makes me think of there, there's a lot of people that, you know, they online, they're like, yo, what is Biden did for us? We need Trump back and we did this, that, whatever it is. Like, yo, my, yo, here's the deal. If people like Donald Trump, they like Donald Trump. You like Biden, you like Biden. Whoever you like, you like. This right here is evidence, though, that elections have consequences. So if people don't realize, yo, Donald Trump appointed three Supreme Court justices during his four years, his four years, his four years, three Supreme Court justices, Supreme Court justices have a lifetime stay on the bench until they expire or they decide that they're stepping down. There's no term limit for them. So you essentially elected this man and allowed this man to mold this court and now people are in the streets ripping and running going crazy like oh how could Roe vs. Wade be you know overturned well guess what Brown vs. Board of Education Leslie vs. Ferguson all, all these things are now going to be on the table for people to have discussions about why because people felt like you know what like yo this, this, this election is not consequential you know like you could have hated Hillary Clinton too or whatever, but at the end of the day, like if you had, if you could have did any foreshadowing and looked around and just looked at the Supreme Court justices, yo, these dudes is 80 years old. Ruth Bader Ginsburg been there since the beginning. She was there forever. <laughs> whatever, like people really, you could have read the TVs and seen that, yo, there was going to be a change in the guard, you know, and now they got the sister who was sworn in the other day, but, you know, like these are the, these are the consequences of people not being politically aware, politically savvy, and now they gotta live with it. Not, and I say all that to say without even getting to the point of of even acknowledging, like, yo, why is this? Why are we even having a conversation about something that should be a right for women? Well, this is the thing, you know. It, it, there's so many different twists and turns in this. You know, one thing that stood out to me was the lady Mary Miller when she got up on the podium, talking about on the behalf of all MAGA hat, a MAGA patriot. In America, I want to thank you for the historic victory for white life. Yeah. So that was significant to me. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, not only that, 
it was it was saying to me, well damn, so you overturned it to preserve you. That has nothing to do with us. To stay the majority. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're the supposed majority and in the next 20 years, they will be the minority. But they've always been the minority. They've always, they've always put the, the wool over our eyes because they're in control. They run the world pretty much. They're, they're just, the, they're, they are the controllers of what goes on in this planet. Well, you know what they, you know what they, not to, not to cut you off, Rob, but you know how they've maintained themselves as the majority? With inclusion, right? So before you were white, white Anglo-Saxon, if you were Irish, you weren't, you weren't, right. if you were Jewish, you weren't, but it, when you start, when they started seeing all of these people migrate to this country, they had to include them to and maintain the majority. It's funny you mentioned that. That was in the book Murder, uh, and it was to include, you know, to increase the white population by immigration. But nowadays, the immigration, the population of people that that, that come to this country, it's are a people tough of color. People of color, son. From Haitian to Mexican, Jamaican, whatever sell. Caribbean, you're not going. It's not going to happen. There's no one traveling from Europe to come over here to increase. Your but number. you know something though, they they if you have if I paid attention, and what I see is that they are Republicans, conservatives, mm-hmm. are start. They're really starting to look at like inclusion trying to figure out how do we bring latinos into the fold but they've, they've been doing that they've, they've they've been doing that some some hispanics and latinos have been classifying themselves as white just because of how they look not because of their their heritage and their background just solely for how they look and you gotta remember being white is a class it's not even a race it's people are caucasian it's caucasian people we're not black people. We're indigenous, original people. We come African all over the world. Some of us are truly American. Because if you look at the definition of American in a real dictionary, it's copper-faced people, not Caucasian. You know what I mean? But what's, what's, what's compelling about this Roe versus Wade, did you know Roe was a white woman? I did, yeah. I've seen something like recently. Whatever, <laughs> all of this is coming out. It was a Caucasian white woman. She actually came forth and admitted that the case was a lie. That she lied about being raped by a black man when she had three children of her own. But her purpose of lying was in case she wanted to have an abortion, she wanted that to, to happen for her. So you you going Roe versus Wade was already alive from the beginning. To have to, to make abortions legal. So here we are now. You want to make now you want to ban them because the same <laughs> you're preserving white true. life. Yeah. Like, come on, son. The whole thing is about self-preservation. It's like the lady Mary uh, Mary Miller said, and it's a victory for white life. Let me tell you something. That okay. was crazy. You said that. He said it's loud and clear. No, I heard it. I was like, wow. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, it's a patriarchal. Uh, uh, that's a patriarchal power move because you got to keep your numbers up because if not, the Hispanic community, the Latino community is starting to rise. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then in 20, 2045, they will become the majority. So from a political standpoint, they'll be making the policy, but they'll be making the policy mm-hmm. their culture, their race. You know what I mean? And with whites being the majority or Caucasians being the minority, they won't have that same political power. And that political power comes 
from a patriarchal standpoint. But here it is. How is it that now you put in place um, banning abortion, right? You ban abortion, so you want the numbers of white pop white population to increase, which includes rape and incest. Incest, yeah. So who who do we know rape and 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 and, and be sleeping with their own? <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm gonna leave that alone, right? So you know, there's no longer, there's no longer a federal constitutional right for an abortion, including bans on the exception of rape and incest. From this decision, I believe it would be trans. Um, it's gonna transform, transform the landscape of women productive health. So, all right, you put this in place because you want. The white population arise. So out of nowhere, white men and white women are just gonna start making babies. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. how did that happen? When when naturally there was always a rift between Caucasian men and Caucasian women as to why the feminist movement came into play during the civil rights. When they were breaking up the black family and black women were by themselves and they was kicking the black man out, mm-hmm. white women needed a little support. So what did they do? They went and got the sisters, the sisters joined the movement, and now yeah. we just got women hating men and men men against women and this whole thing going on. And here we are now, we still making babies. Every other ethnicity is still making babies. But why aren't you making? Well, you know, I think there's, I think there's, there's other variables, and I think that this is the most easiest tangi- tangible fix to to look at. You know, like, and I also think like, um, what I give, what I give credit for is that there, there are a number of different paths to the majority, right? So, option A may be, you know, ban abortions and increase birth rates, so that way we could continue to maintain and stay the majority. The other, I think, is to look at, again, like I was saying earlier, inclusion. So, okay, if we can't do anything else, then we could say, all right, you know what? Being white is exclusive and it offers exclusivity, you know, and sell people on, sell people on, regardless of them having the numbers, you're still the minority. If you want to be the majority, you can now identify. And I think there are things that are done strategically to sort of lure and bring other people into the fold as... You know, and that to me, that's what classism is about, right? So if you think about it, and we we look at like immigrants and stuff like that, like you know, like when they started allowing Irish people, you know, they started allowing Irish people, I guess, to come in and now, okay, you could be classified as as white, you know, but the Jewish people, you know, they they're no good. You need to stay away from them. They this, they that, all kind of derogatory terms or whatever it is. You know, and they again creating that class, you create that that class. Right. You feel like, okay, you know what? We're, this is superior. Then the next set of people come along, and then you elevate the Jewish people to, okay, now you now qualify as white also. So what I see and what I've seen for a couple of years is that all Latino brothers and sisters, like you know, they're gonna attempt to elevate them to a level where you know what you can come over here. You now can identify as white would be a part of the majority because there's still other black people in this data web. So there are a number of different paths I think they get, they have in place to actually get to maintain the, um, the, the majority. Is, which, what's counterintuitive though that, that, that they're not thinking about is like, you can't have, you're stopping people from crossing the border 
right? Because you're like, I don't want all these extensive Latinos in here or whatever, for fear that they may eventually get citizenship and they be, they'll become the majority. So their concern is that if we let them get in, get in, they get citizenship, and they don't. We don't elevate Latinos to a place where they're the majority. Then now it's, it's an influx of Latinos. They have all the power and they're they're the majority. So I just think I think that there's a lot of engineering. A lot of industry and maintain this. And I think that this is something that's on the surface that people are looking at that was that basically was presented as about reproductive rights and kind of fell under the umbrella of what people thought from a religious standpoint was right and what was wrong. But there there clearly is there's ulterior motives as to why. I didn't even like I don't mean to cut you with it, but I even like them quick bringing the Bible in there about abortion. Because the same the same Bible that you, you you're using this to, to push your your agenda, but you took God out of school. Here it is, right? You want you want to have more. You want you want to increase your population, right? So no one can have an abortion, but then schools get shot up in second grade. How 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 does how does how do, how do we work that out? So you have a kid. He doesn't live, he, he lives only to eight years old because his school gets shot up in the second grade. Like, make it make sense. And these are the same conservatives who don't want to change no gun law, mm-hmm. who's, still, who's putting this together as it is. Let me tell you something. My thought is white genetic annihilation creates racism in the system to keep white survival alive. Mm-hmm. Create, you create these marginal situations where you, you can include, like you said, include a certain uh, section of people, a certain amount of people who may look or fare like you, so your numbers can go up, just for you to survive and stay in power. That's what I that's what I believe it's all about. Because, like I said, if they lose power, the political and the policies and all how that how that works. It gets removed from them and it goes into the hands of the majority. But they want to stay in power. This is the survival tactic. They're looking to stay alive on this planet because they can't imagine themselves living in a... It's a fear of a black planet, son. (laughs) They're they're trying to... uh, They're working their population monopoly so they they can stay in power and keep doing what they're doing. But it's not going to work because indigenous or original people, we still make babies, man. We still cover the planet. It's more us than it is them for I don't know how long. And then another thing I just found out, right? Overturned decision has led to a spike in the number of men scheduling. Yeah, because they can't use it as a form of birth control anymore. God, so, so people are going there to get their joints snipped and say Yeah, because they can't use it. So how, does that, so how does that help the numbers? And who are these men that are getting vasectomies? I want to, yeah, I want to go back to um to something you were just saying a, a, a few minutes ago, um because I think that if you think about like the lore for people that come to this country willingly, you know, there's a subtle push to get people to assimilate. You know, like, oh, you know, learn to speak the language and and everything. And to me, even that the the whole piece around assimilating was almost like, it was like kind of covert to kind of strip people of their culture 
and to kind of bring them, you know, gradually bring them into the fold. And I think it's hard for people to risk assimilating because, you know, you want to be able to speak the dominant language. Um, right. There's more opportunities if you just speak the language. You know, you want to be looked at as a American, American, whatever that means, and, and get whatever privileges that come with being American. But I would, you know, I would actually say to people to try to attempt to resist fully assimilating. You know, I think any country you go to, if you're a foreigner, you have to, there has to be some level of assimilation. But I would tell them, like, yo, to resist, like, yo, hold on to your culture, hold on to your customs, your traditions, your rituals, right. and things like that, and stay proof to who, to, to who you actually are, because... You know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, assim- the assimilation to me is, re- is again, it's really about how do we bring you into the majority. Now, the thing that we have that we have black as black people against us is like we we don't have the hue that we could ever, you know, as much as you know, we, we can never be white. Yeah, we'll we'll never. So we're not. We're never. Ne- there's never going to be an inclusion of. <laughs> Like, people in it or whatever, like yo, it's just how you and that's the and that's the racist part about white survival. So they're genetically endangered because even if you allow immigrants to come over, right, no matter where they're from, and they mate with a white woman, no longer white, bro. Your child, your child cannot be considered white. They be considered black, Hispanic. Whatever other nationality. But they made they made that law. They made that up. Thank you, sir. <laughs> when you see when you see non white on an application on any application, you're like, oh, I guess that means me because I ain't once white. So I mean, this is this is this is this is not even good. At the end of the day, though, I I just I also think it's like yo, this is very it's it's uh it's. It's unfortunate because I, I go back to, you know, whatever religious element people have to it. I respect people's opinion to say that, you know, they're anti-abortion. I equally respect people's yeah, opinion to that. say that they're pro-abortion. You know, like, for me, I'm like, yo, I, oh. I, just think it's, I just think it should be a woman's choice, you know, like, of whatever a woman chooses to do with their body, you know, like, then I, I, I'm, I'm for that. Do I think it should be, like, the, the go-to as a form of birth control? Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I don't think that the government, if the government is, like you said, if the government is not going to get involved in these other more pressing issues, I don't know why they need to get involved in this. And, yo, mark my words, I'm telling you, I'm going to go back to how we started this segment of saying that people don't realize, like, yo, these elections have consequences, you know, and because people feel like, you know what, that the presidency does not directly impact me. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, local government. Yes, local government impacts you also. But when these presidents are put in positions where they're appointing Supreme Court justices that have the ability to, to hear some of these landmark cases that, that right. change society as we know, and now these are coming back around. Right. You know, so going, 30, 40 years later. Going back to the point about Roe versus Wade. Roe was a white woman who lied about the case. Yo, you Negroes gonna mess around and be back in slavery. Yo, son, she lied. <laughs> that made me think. That ultimately made me think about Emmett Till. Emmett Till, exactly. Lied, that was in 1955. So in '73, here we go again. Blame the black man for rape, which he didn't do. And you, you're, you're, and, and you're, you're bringing it so politically that now you know you're making abortions 
legal because they were probably going against the Bible that says how, how you know, bosses ain't, ain't, ain't the good thing to do. But now here you're turning it over again because now your life, <laughs> your life expectancy is running short. Now it's white survival because they're just not populating the planet. There's certain European countries in, in, West, in Western European countries where they're paying white women to have babies. Yo, well, yo, it's funny you say that because I was gonna say if they want people to procreate, then maybe they need to start looking at some of the other stuff. Like they, maybe people are in a position where financially they can't afford to have children. But listen, but if you start paying, you can't do that here. If you pay a white woman to have baby, you're gonna have to play that black woman have baby too. <laughs> yo, what's your job? Make babies. <laughs> no, no, but no. We have yo, babies like litters, bro. All jokes aside, though, I'm not saying like a financial in, in incentive, like, yo, all right, congratulations, here's your 12, honey. I'm <laughs> saying like, you know, like maybe a person, maybe somebody is strategically saying like, yo, I just can't afford because I got to pay these damn, all these student no, loans. That's, no, that's, that's the case. You know, or yo, this, I, I don't have a job where I could, you know, like there are some people yeah, that's not job. thinking about it, when thinking about those things when they procreate, but then there are other people who are like, yo, I can't afford to take care of no kid. I don't want the financial responsibility. You know, so if the country stepped in and figured out a way where, you know, maybe you could have a, a, a high call, why don't you figure out a way to reduce these damn interest rates? Again on stuff, maybe figure out a way to cancel student loan debt. How somebody get fresh out of college, right? And they gotta go live in a mom basement, but you want on them, you want for the, to be on their brain for them to procreate and to start right. a family right. <laughs> in, their, in their mother's basement. Yeah, so there's that's what I said. Like, yo, there's other variables that they're not looking at. But the easiest thing, again, we go back to engineering. The easiest thing is just to say, like, you know what? Like, if we limit the abortions, which tells me, which tells me that there's somewhere some stats that's telling that's definitely giving out the information of predominantly who it is that's getting abortions. But 37% of white women are having Also, 30% of black people are black women are having 19% of Hispanics are having them. But in 1987, when that gentleman wrote The Birth 60% of white women were having abortions. That's 1987. Now, mind you, it was a white woman who lied in 1973 about having been raped so she can have an abortion. So from 73 to 87, you just, white women have just been, you know, and what I learned from Janelle, she said one, one of the other reasons why rope versus way passion is because women were sticking um, hangings up to get rid of babies. Like, all right, if you if you're gonna damage yourself, let me just make it legal for you to go and have someone professionally. Yeah, you don't want to fall down the stairs and hurting yourself. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of back alley abortions. I remember being on 42nd Street where they were showing fetuses because uh, they were using fetuses in cosmetic products. Mm. You know what I mean, like L'Oreal. I mean, it's a yeah. bunch of things they were using, and you have people out there protesting. They had a, a big picture of a fetus. And they have a makeup kit right next to it, like they're using this for that. Yeah. The 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 respect for life, honestly, when you think about it, is is at a detriment, man. And this country and those who operate and run this country don't have no respect for life. Just look, just just think about where we where, where our ancestors come from and how they got through what they went through. That wasn't respectful, right? 
Think about the great crusades that people talk about. That wasn't respectful, right? And not that I'm picking on anybody Caucasian, but wherever they went on this planet, they decimated every land they stand on. Every single one. And no one done more damage to this planet than Caucasian. Yeah. Challenge me on. Well, let's uh let's keep an eye on the Supreme Court because I think that this is the first of a series of uh Overturn shit going on because yeah. there's gonna be a lot of other changes going on. So be very, very vigilant and aware of what's going on. I know most people don't like politics, but these are one of the things where you swept it under the rug for so long and now you're tripping over that thing. Chickens come home to roost, right? Talk about it, bro. <laughs> Yo, right now online, a popular clip that's floating around is the viral clip of the young lady educating the parents on a forum and a platform. When I saw that, man, I had to send that to you to um to check out. Like, I just think the young lady was so articulate. Very and, awesome. Yeah, that, that that piece really spoke to me because it made me think about like some of the interactions I had with my youngest son. Um, you know, as he was growing up, and I think and I sat and I listened to everything the young lady said about how parents need to do more in terms of like listening to their children and how parents think that they're being supportive but some of the things that they do are actually counterintuitive that and it doesn't demonstrate support and you know i step back and i said i'm like i could sit here and i could receive all this stuff coming from this young lady in here I'm like yes 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 but then i thought about myself being in a role as a parent with, with my youngest son and my and the interactions I've had with him in terms of how he may have been trying to educate me around stuff and it's like yo it's like damn like it really makes me think like yo I miss maybe I missed the mark something on some things with um with my youngest and it also just speaks to like how difficult I think it is to be a parent you know it's very right. challenging to be a parent and I think it's I think it's also like situations when you when you're talking about children it's much easier when it's not your child you know but i think she did a very good job of also articulating you know she was talking about um like i guess like the the nature of how um her parents sort of or her mom i think specifically specifically said something like her mom would be like well you know um uh, I clothed you, or it's my house, or whatever it is. I pay the bills. Yo, you know, as, as black parents, that's a standard go-to. <laughs> I think everybody <laughs> heard that thing out. I pay these bills. I put food on the table. I put clothes on your back. I this roof over your head. Yo. But, but to her point is that when you hear that, it's 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 some. It's most of the time it's in a condescending form. It's not saying, look, I take care of you. You eat every day. It's mostly like, yo, son. And you be like, well, damn, all I did was cut school. <laughs> and, you know, my, my, my opinion, excuse me, is that as a parent, you do have to leave a lane open for your kids to express themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, to totally cut them off, children only. You only speak when spoken to, which is, I get that too. But if a child has something on their mind, you gotta allow them to speak. And I've learned that over the years too. Because honestly, taking those shots at my mom, she didn't let me speak. And when I when I got of age, and I said to myself, when I become an adult, ain't nobody gonna tell me I can't talk. And I made that a personal, a personal thing of mine that when I got old enough, 
respectfully, I can express myself to my mother. And she's not going to turn me off or tell me I do that. Because now I'm out the house. I finished school. I'm living on my own. Now you have to now you have to face me as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, as a child, you have to give them the guidance that they need so they don't make well did you hear Rob with the um what the young lady said that she was saying I think she said something like that she um but uh, told her mom I guess tell me when I'm getting disrespectful yeah see but mm-hmm. that comes with communication so if I'm stepping out of line ma let me know but but I have this on my mind and that's when you get kids who are depressed who want to run away from all those do drugs because they feel like they can't I can't say nothing you always cut me off. You always telling me how much you do this, that, and the third. I get it. And trust me, a lot of these kids nowadays, some of them need to hear that shit because they lazy, they shitless, they don't want to listen to nothing. There's a balance that needs that needs to happen, and it needs to happen if you if you want to keep a family tight and strong. You know, a lot of our families, a broken family, a lot of single moms who are working tirelessly, very hard, to make sure that the children don't get caught up in the system, they don't become teenage pregnancies, you know, your son is not going to jail. So I know it's tough, and a lot of times, that expression that she was saying that parents have, is coming from a place of, I'm tired, I'm doing it myself. I'm gonna tell you what, you know what I experienced a lot of, like um, some years ago, probably, maybe about, had to be over ten years ago. Um, I used to I used to work in foster care, and I was um, a supervisor of home finding. And one of my responsibilities was recruiting, supervising, and training foster parents. And in order for foster parents to become foster parents, they had to do um, a curriculum called MAP, and it was um, ten weeks of training, like parenting training. So they would all go through all these different scenarios, do all this training, and everything. And then at the end, you certified them. And then when they got individuals, when they would get the kids in their home, they reverted back to all of their parent. All their parenting went based on their previous parenting experience with their own children or how they were parented, you know, from, from their parents. And what I what I realized was a lot of the stuff around parenting is, for lack of a better word, a lot of times it's about a, a pissing contest, right? And it's about exerting hierarchy and that's why what comes out is well I'm the one who pays the I pay the bills here right that and you know um the ground rules (laughs) yeah and you know like there's it's almost like having and we and yo you know in 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 our cultures black people we would clown white people for actually having allowing a kid to have an opinion like yo you wanna take that (laughs) whatever like it's you that talk I actually having a dialogue like Bobby what Bobby said he Bobby said he felt he ain't feeling all depressed. Get your ass in this house. Whatever it is, like we we've shunned that stuff. Like we've got locked into these power struggles that now we're still trying to apply the same concepts of parenting that our parents and their parents applied to parenting kids in this day and age, right? So what did our parents have to worry about, you know, when when we were younger? You know, we weren't getting cyber bullied. We weren't nah, we were just getting straight bullied. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, yo, but you could turn off your bully. You go home, you don't have to deal with him. Right. These kids, you know, just getting bullied 24-7 on the line. And devices, and they all yeah. hate It's just a different, yo, it's, it's just a different day and age. And I think, like, new, 
we need to apply new concepts to what we have going on now. And, and I think that, you know, for, for, you know, I'm speaking for myself, like as a, as, as a father, you know, one of the things that I learned is that I do, do have to create a space to actually hear your, your, you know, your children out. Whether you're in agreement with them or not, you want them to feel as if that they have the ability to say something to you without you, without you losing it, you know? And I think that there are things that we say not realizing like how powerful or how or how hurtful they may be like you know if you you know it comes across like the young lady said i can see how it would come across as that you resent your child if you say like yo i gotta be out here working and take care of you and i put clothes on your back and this that or whatever yeah or you know people who think that you know you're a great parent because you could put a pair of jordans on your kid your kid's feet you know like it just it just goes so much further um, than that, so I, I what I appreciate also is that seeing the people that was actually on the panel sit and actually listen intently, you know, to what the young lady was saying because you know somebody could have probably shot her down, and I'm sure there was somebody sitting on that panel probably thinking like, oh, you know, they, but they could have shot her down right there. She's talking too much now. <laughs> or who she thinks she's talking to, or young lady, you need to listen to mom or this, that, or whatever. Like, yo, part of that I think is our defensiveness. Um, like, yo, I'm, I'm happy that my youngest will be 20, that I don't have to, because I, I I just wonder, like, I know it's going to be extremely difficult for the people coming behind behind us. And I think that, I think that you know what I noticed? That um, for my mom, you know, I think my mom was great with me and my brothers, um, you know, but even now, like, you know, before my mom passed with, like, all her grandchildren, she's a different person with them. But it's a different level, a different level of responsibility you know, and I think probably more patience and learning having went through with us and the grandkids coming and stuff like that and everything. Like, I don't know why we don't use experiencing to improve or to gain patience. Usually, instead of us gaining patience, usually when you get to like your fourth, fifth child, your patience is shot. You're like, I'm done with this. You know what? He graduated from fifth grade. He can get out the house now. <laughs> <laughs> you a man, you can get a job, you in seventh grade, you can yeah, roll. It's, it's, a, it's a very delicate balance. You know, and you, you have to instill, you know, like a like an earning system, man. You, you do charge, you get paid for it. You have to, you know, you have to teach your kids responsibility and accountability. And also, you know, respect. You know what I mean? They're, they're, I'll allow you to speak, but like she said, Mom, let me know what I'm getting out of line. Yeah. That that's a brilliant thing to come out of a child to a parent who's allowing the child to speak. So if they do get too hyped, because now they got a chance to da 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 hold on now. Go a little crazy. I'm allowing you to speak <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pop you in your head. But there, there there has to be a delicate balance, but you know, I hate to say, you know, treat your kids like your friend because then you sh- then there's no authority. There's no hierarchy. There has to be some hierarchy. Yeah. There's no authority. And there has to be healthy ba- there has to be healthy boundaries, you know, like that's where that's that's where I think like um you know, like sometimes I listen to people say I've heard people say before, like, oh, you know, my mom would let us do whatever in the house because she didn't want us getting in going out and getting in the trying I'm like yes yeah, that's why I'm like nah like yo I can't you know I, I can't rock with you on that you lost me on that one 
But, you know, I, I get why people will want to engage their children in a, in a healthy dialogue. Like, yo, you think about, like, as black people, one of our number one sayings to our children is, I brought you in this world, I take you out of this world. <laughs> yo, how is that comforting? How, yo, how is that comforting or engaging that makes you want to have a conversation with your family? You just said you're going to kill me. <laughs> yo, I brought you in this world, I take you out. And kids, you know what the other thing is? Kids have kids kids have the knack for highlighting your vulnerabilities. Like they they don't have no filter. So they the areas that you the most raw and vulnerable in, that's where they gonna hit at. Oh, that's, you know, that's why you got fired from work. Oh, you don't be talking that shit to your boss. Oh, <laughs> oh. We, say, we say that to dad. Yeah, so you know, it, it just I I think I do think though, I think that's that was a, a remarkable clip. And I think that everything that that young lady said was on point. And for somebody who is currently in the process, I think, of parenting uh, a teenager or a preteen, I, I would strongly recommend that they watch that clip and take her advice. Yeah. The other viral clip that everybody's talking about, and what's your thoughts on this? The viral clip of the man showing up with the McDonald's for only his child. When his now, baby mother had three other children. Like three other dudes. Like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so, oh man. You know, this is twofold because. Easy, easy, Rob, easy. Be careful with this one because you're about to lose some female fans. Listen, <laughs> now I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say for me, right? Mm-hmm. If I was, because I've, I've been there dating someone who has children. You know, I didn't have unfortunately, unfortunately I didn't have any children of my own, but you date someone who has children and you're involved with that children children get to know you they get to look up to you they get to be like, yo, that that's probably stepdad you can't just break that off you can't you cannot do that so, to her point you know how I'm living. You was here, the kids love you. And I know that we've broken up and you have one child in this house now. I mean, it's McDonald's, my nigga. Like, it's a dollar bin. You could have brought all the kids. But I think he was being like, nah, petty. fuck that. He's being petty. Fuck that. I'm gonna take care of my kid. How about that? And I can do it. Because I know you can't do it. You know what I'm saying? So now you got just typical ratchet shit going on. I mean, homegirl, listen, this is the life you done, you done made for yourself. You got all these, you got babies by these separate dudes, and if he want to be petty, and he's not wrong, is he wrong with saying, I have one child in this house? Um, you know what? I'm going to tell you though where he was I'm going to leave it at, I'm going to leave it at this. If it were me, I wouldn't I've seen children go through separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. I've seen them go through, you know, favoritism and all that. And that's not a, that's not a good thing for a child to experience at a very young age. Because they take that with them to their adult life. And they yeah. feel ostracized or then they get a chip on their shoulder. They get angry kids. No one loves me. And they, they end up becoming the bullies. They end up bullying somebody. So you got to be very careful about what you Yo, I'm gonna tell you what I, the issue I have with it is like, um, to me, weaponizing 
you know, you, 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 know, you will weaponize McDonald's or whatever against children. Like, I, I just thought it was, I just thought it was petty. Like to me, Super like you said, yeah, he could either he could have bought food for everybody, or he could have waited till it was his time to have, you know, to have his son and to spend quality time. He took his son out to eat or something. But you know, who, you, what kind of, what does that say about you as a man if you're comfortable? Going to a house where you know that there are four children in there and only bringing in McDonald's for one kid. You know, so you're responsible for knowing. And once you know it, and you already got these children who know you, you Mister, mm-hmm. you Mister, you Mister Michael. Hey, Mister Michael, and you play with them, and now you just gonna come snatch them and yo, come on. Yeah. Then he say something like, yo, you could come eat. He could come eat it in the car. Yes. <laughs> You think he ain't gonna smell them French kids? Ain't gonna smell them French fries on his property? Like you have McDonald's? Where you get McDonald's from? Nah, like yo, I can't do that, bro. Yeah, I just I I didn't even get into like I know some people dissected it and was like, oh, you know, it's all fall and women and then yeah, multiple baby daddies. Yeah, I didn't even. I'm not even going there. I'm just thinking like as a man, you know, I wouldn't show up and go to no house knowing that there's gonna be five kids there with one cheeseburger and fry. It's fucking McDonald's, bro. They got a dollar, man. You can buy 10 hamburgers, man. They like, yo, yo, speaking of McDonald's in Germany, um, they got wings on the menu in McDonald's. Yeah. They got they got they got they got wings. But yeah, like I just think that that was a different level of petty. Like I can't get down with using the children, you know, being petty and, and being spiteful to children to hurt to hurt a hurt a baby mom. Yeah, you know, and then the other flip side of it is like, yo, you think about it, well, he wants somebody to do it to, to his kid, but his response would probably be like, well, I'm, I could get my son or a daughter, whatever it was, some McDonald's. Happy Meal. Yeah, yeah what about you, son? And, and it's crazy because now while she's recording him, she puts her personal business. You know how I'll get mm-hmm. my food down to 11? Yeah. She's really thinking about this before she's going to put him on blast, put herself on blast. Yo, my man E, my man E owns his videos, dude. My man E, he's who actually he was on the sh- he was on the show. He did he came on a live with us before. He had posted something and he was saying like you know that he could have do could have just instead of buying um hypo McDonald's he could have just put groceries in the crib, you know, which is an honorable thing to do. But not yo, honorable man, thing. Dudes that's not living with honor though today. So right, I was just about to say that where's where's men with honor? That would do that just because you know, shorty. If she's on food stamps, you got a little bit of bread. Trust me, man. That 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 little extension of yourself goes a long way, bro. Yeah. How could you? How could you? And not not to sort not to to belabor this, but how could you even live with knowing that there are kids in the house hungry? You know, because of whatever her financial status is, and you showing up that like part. I'm just gonna feed one, like yo, that to me is crazy. That far, that far, bro. Oh. But this is the world we live in, man. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Who definitely made herself look like a bum, and she pulled her personal business in the street. <laughs> it is what it I is. That clip, I was like, Jesus Christ, but. Listen, as long as we got these cameras, you're gonna see it all. Everything. Mm-hmm. You know. So we wanna thank everybody for, for, for pulling up. This is episode 131 of the No Ideas Original Podcast. We'll catch everybody next week. Any palm words, Rob? Um, I'm glad you're back, bro. I'm glad you and wife enjoyed 
Thankfully, God different culture. You learn something. You guys, I, I admire you guys. I don't have a problem with going to all four corners of this planet and having a great goddamn time. Yeah. That's the part that I like. I'm trying to get this one on board. It's something, but. Tell it, it, it is. Get a yo. I get out of room. Let's just go. But, um, listen, man. The world is going to change. The world is ever changing. I think we just need to pay attention to a lot of things that's going on. We get so enamored by what we do every day systemically that we kind of lose sight of ourselves. You know, the term I used not too long ago was lockdown. Like, we've been in these systems, whether educational, health, whatever it is, the systems that we have groomed, groomed into uh, living by. Sometimes you need to pull yourself out of that and think for yourself. Mm-hmm. Think about what you really want to do and think of how you want to be done. You know, <clears throat> you know, people go to work nine to five. And in my opinion, taking nothing away from anyone going nine to five, you have to do what you have to do. You have to feed yourself. You have to feed your family. You have to do it consistently. But there's a period in that where you can take yourself out of that lockdown system. Do something for yourself. I don't give a fuck walking nature, but do something. Go True. crochet or something. Like, do something outside of the norm mm-hmm. that you lock into that system. Because then, when things do change, like Roe versus Wade or gun laws, you get caught up in it instead of having your own independent opinion about it. Where, like, even in this case, Roe versus Wade, that ain't got nothing to do with black women. That has nothing to do with black women, although it can affect them if it is that they don't want an abortion because there are states that will, like Louisiana. Louisiana been one of those states in the group side that whole Bible belt where in the entire state of Louisiana, there were three abortions. Louisiana is a big-ass state. Mm-hmm. Now, with these laws being passed in certain states, you got to actually go to another state and people oh, and hopefully they you know they don't abide by the ban so learn how to get yourself out of the lockdown of what goes on systemically listening to the news clocking 11 o'clock getting up three, three square meals a day change your routine up a little bit feel a little bit more yeah no no people believe me people will travel they're going to be traveling a lot of companies have, have agreed to finance employees that you know that would be interested in actually getting abortions going to other states um i'm gonna agree i'm gonna agree with you i think that a lot of the stuff that we, we we're seeing now and that we're going to continue to experience i think a lot of people look at it from a surface level and don't understand uh, that there's a deeper meaning uh, to it and there there th- there are things that we have we have more control over than we realize we have control over and it may sound cryptic saying this, but we don't we don't we don't realize we have control over it, and we don't want to do the things that allow us to have keep control. It. Keep control, right? Yeah. Okay. So you know, like if people open their eyes and they think, you know, they they search for a deeper meaning, you know, like even just the nature of this conversation that we have, and we're talking about the whole piece around inclusion in terms of race, you know, and things like that, you know. Again, at the surface level, for a lot of people, this is a conversation. Oh, you know, like yeah, the person should 
should be a person's right or no, it shouldn't be their rights. You know, people aren't thinking at that level. And the same thing to bring it back around to the politics. A lot of people looked at him and was like, yeah, I hate Hillary Clinton. I'm gonna go with Trump. All right, I'm you know? Trump. And, but, when, yeah, but don't, but but again, but not realizing like whether you like Trump, hate Trump, Hillary Clinton, whatever, whatever this that is, or whatever. If you look at these people and you say like this person is liberal, so they're gonna appoint liberal Supreme Court justices or whatever, you know. But people aren't thinking; they're not that forward thinking. They're not thinking about that stuff. They don't think about it in, until it's actually in their lap. Right. And the people who actually, the, the people who who the people who seem to excel and do well are the people who are forward thinking around it that's why you have people like a Herschel Walker that'll be like nah I'm a conservative I'm doing this or doing that or whatever because they're, they're truly thinking about what their interest is down the road black people just get their pull their talking points from social media and roll with it and don't formulate their own opinion they don't formulate their own opinion because like it's surface level thinking a lot of people just surface level thinking and then I move on to the next have a tension span of a nap no <laughs> it's that, that long. It gives no no credence and no understanding of what did I just read and where is it coming from or why is it happening? They don't ask why enough. Yeah. They affecting my pockets. Fuck it, let it go. Yeah, if they think that long enough. Peace, everybody. Thank you for tuning Yo. in. We'll catch you next week. That's us, man. Peace. Peace.